Praise God. We welcome you to our online church service today. Thank you for taking time to join in. I can assure you, you will be blessed. But I would like you to know that if you are blessed, then you are blessed in order to bless someone else. So this would be the right time to be able to remind a friend, a family member, colleague somewhere that we are online and church is on. It is time to receive the blessing of the Lord. Sit back and relax as we enjoy this wonderful piece of music that will definitely lift up your soul. Thank you very much once again for joining us today. We are going into uh, part number three of our message, 
on living life God's way, the power of prayer. And we were talking about clarity, how we benefit clarity from prayer. And so our focus today is on clarity applied. We had been at a place of looking at three benefits of a prayerful lifestyle. Clarity, confidence, focus. At some point soon, we'll be looking at confidence. Another point soon, looking at focus in separate segments. For today, I want to continue on the path of clarity and show how we can apply this clarity that we gain through prayer. Uh, for the sake of those who may not have been part of what we were doing last week. Clarity is defined as the quality or condition of being clear or easy to understand. So we're talking about clearness in that sense. Um, I did say last week that um, this, this definition is actually from the public domain in the English dictionary. And here's an example it gives of clarity. And I quote, clean water running down a mountain has clarity. So does a lovely singing voice. It's clear and pure, end quote. Continues to say, if you bring clarity to a situation, you help people see what really happened by clearing up some misunderstanding or giving explanations, end quote. So this makes it very plain, puts it in language that you and I understand. So when it comes to prayer, we said we benefit in terms of receiving direction. In this case, we may consider what direction in regard to what to pray for, or even how to pray. All that is important. We also said clarity um, can be sought in regard to what to do or what not to do in a given situation. So when you're facing a crisis, these questions arise. What can I do or what should I not do? We give an example of um, David. David in the Old Testament is seen as having gone before the Lord from time to time, seeking clarity, going before the Lord and inquiring. That's the term that's used in a few versions of the Bible. David inquiring of the Lord, saying, shall I pursue the enemy? And he would even go further and say, if I pursue, will I overtake the enemy? And in many instances, God answered very, very clearly and helped David to see that if he went at that time, he would have the victory. And we see some of those victories recorded in the word. So currently, we are seeking God as a church, as nations. Here in Zambia, we've been praying for seven days now, praying and fasting. We raised a church response against COVID-19 through sensitization, prayer, and fasting. So this day is the seventh day of those prayers. And even though those, the seven days is going to be concluded, I want to urge fellow citizens and those who've joined in these prayers to just continue to pray. We are seeking God on how to respond, and we've been getting some direction as we do this. And we hope that this will be able to help us to, um, to channel things into your lives and to channel things towards some, some, some of the, the people that are engaged in the fight against um, uh, the COVID pandemic, including our leaders and sharing whatever knowledge and, and advice and, and counsel that we can share as we pray. But as we're seeking God on how to respond uh, to say, alleged conspirators, we talked about that last week, if any, around COVID-19. What ought we to do? How must we respond? I asked a question, in fact, a series of questions. 
How do we respond, for instance, to big global organizations when they are proposing research around antibody testing to be used as a measure to give people immunity passports, as they call them, immunity passports, to move across uh, uh, the borders. And I know that as Zambia, we even have one of our own eminent academics who's been appointed to a particular board in this particular area. And that's great. We celebrate that because the work of our nation is being recognized. But still, we must ask the question, how else do we respond? How do we respond to these kinds of things when organizations at that level are seeking to take some actions and these have implications? What are the merits and demerits of what we are seeing? Particularly, for, uh, for instance, the example I gave is one of billionaires who are suggesting microchip technology to actualize some of what we are talking about here. How must we respond? It is in these areas that we can depend on prayer as we talk to God in prayer, that clarity will be able to come. Who are the real beneficiaries in the long run? I asked that amongst the series of questions uh, that we are dealing with. What could be the role of sons and daughters of the kingdom who are medical scientists, epidemiologists, immunologists, researchers of all kinds in top um, medical universities or just general um, universities and institutions, high institutions of learning? What could be the roles of God's children in these places? How about other professionals in areas of e economics and other key sectors of our society? What could be the role of God's children? I ask these questions because we have an opportunity to seek clarity as we talk to God. In Romans 8, verse 19 to 21, we referred to uh, what the Apostle Paul wrote for, and I quote, for the creation awaits or waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it. In hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. And my indication here was, and still is, child of God, manifest. It is your chance to manifest. So, even if, for instance, all this that we have described was... Um, signifying the very dawn of the new world order, prophesied in various parts of scripture. What should our response be as we look at these things unfolding as they are prophesied in apocalyptic literature? Should we, as the church, simply sit back and watch as these things roll on? I say it then, I would like to say again, I think not. I think it is time for us as Africa, as the church in Africa, to be able to lift up our voices and call on God. And like I said, this is part of what we've been doing this week and it's been a great week in some of what we feel the Lord has been speaking to us about, uh, we will be sharing in due course. It is time for us to seek God's mind through prayer. And I'm calling upon every family. I'm calling upon every single believer out there for your own life, for your children, and for your children's children. Pray into your investments. Pray into um, the things that concern your family. Pray into your future. Pray that God would grant you clarity today as to how you will deploy and how you will employ resources. It's important. We need to seek God's mind through prayer so that divine resources which he has placed at our disposal and reserved specifically for such a time like this can be unlocked to challenge any aspect of the current happenings, especially if we observe aspects that may be running contrary to God's eternal plan. His eternal plan for the common good of humanity. 
for the common safety of humanity and the well-being of the masses out there, when that seems to be interfered with by whosoever, the children of God must stand up and be a voice for the voiceless. Evidently, I said last week, there's zillion begging moral and ethical questions that God can help us to get clarity on. And that's what I'm calling us to. And that's why we'll be applying the aspect of clarity today to some specific situations. So our base scripture so far has been 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 5, and we'll be reading more today from other portions of scripture. And that portion of scripture in 2 Corinthians says, chapter 10, verse 3 to 5, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. What we've said so far is that this is not business as usual. And we must see that there is commotion out there, but we can bring a word of hope, a word of life. And we did refer to Psalm 2. Why do the heathens rage? Why do the nations imagine vain things or conspire? And from there, we went into looking at the life of Daniel and his friends. We looked at uh, chapter 1, verse 20, chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, and um, chapter 3 as well. In those passages, there is a clear indication that Daniel and his friends stood out, having knowledge, having understanding, having that deposit from God, where he gave them insight, revealed mysteries to them, so that when duty was calling, they were able to stand before the king and uh, they understood what God was saying and they were able to provide answers. And I have said the kings out there are seeking answers. May you manifest, child of God, in that vantage location where God has placed you and let kings draw from your knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, which is drawn from um, the Lord and comes as clarity as you utilize prayer and as you benefit from a life of prayer. Now, keeping all this in mind, today... As we continue on living life God's way, the power of prayer, and specifically looking at clarity applied, I wish to take us to Daniel chapter 9. And verse number 1 says, In the first year of Darius, son of Zex, a Mid by descent, who was made ruler over the Babylonian kingdom. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. Now, this is a very, very pregnant portion of scripture. So much in there. So much that needs to be understood. And it's detail, fortunately, that Daniel was able to unravel and begin to gain insight on as he sought the face of the Lord. Verse number three. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition, in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed. And we'll come back later and read a portion of that prayer. This is the right place for us to just pause for a brief moment of prayer, having reflected on some of what we've learned already so far, and now making that very important transition as we continue to elaborate on understanding, living God's way, the power of prayer, clarity applied. Father, we honor you. 
and glorify you for your goodness and kindness. Thank you for the opportunity that you've given us now to move a step further into the things that you have revealed thus far. Touch and bless us as your people. Use me. It's your servant. Touch and anoint these lips of clay and let your word ring out to the nations so your people will know what to do. It is in Jesus' holy name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Clarity applied. You will recall that we said when it comes to prayer, we benefit in terms of direction. In terms of direction towards what to pray for and how. In terms of direction towards what to do and or what not to do in a given situation. So let's zero in on the passage before us. Daniel chapter 9. It is believed that Daniel had obtained a copy of Jeremiah's recorded prophecy, which is the one that predicted the length of Jerusalem's desolation. A cross-reference for this would be Jeremiah 36, verse 23. If you go there, you will find this reflected. And if you read on all the way into verse number 28 of Jeremiah 36, you'll find a record where Jeremiah prophesied and predicted the desolation of Jerusalem. Now, Jeremiah had prophesied and, and revealed to the people then as from God, that the city would lie in ruins and that this would happen for 70 years. And then Jeremiah went on in that prophecy to say that God would, in the process, also destroy uh, that the kingdom, one the strongest kingdom of the then day, uh, Babylon. So Babylonia, in essence, would be destroyed. You will find that in Jeremiah chapter 25. Verses 11 and 12. We're not reading these scriptures just now, but I give you those references because you will need to go back and, 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 and uh, uh, read, read up on that. In Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 10 to 14, um, the following words are mentioned. And this is very, very important for us to be able to observe. Jeremiah 29, just one quick reference. Verse 10 to 14, as a backdrop for what we are reading in um, Daniel. Jeremiah 29 and verse number 10. The Bible says, this is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise. I love it. When God can promise things for his people and that in due course, his people can reflect back on his promises and can say precisely, this is what the Lord was saying then and this is how it applies to us now. Ah, may that be your portion in this day of COVID-19 in Jesus' holy name. He says, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. Now, many of us are familiar with verse number 11. We quote it often, but this is part of the background of verse number 11 of Jeremiah 29, which says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then verse number 12, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. So prayer comes into that place. Prayer comes into that place. So this is why I want us to understand how clarity gets to be applied and how you, with what I have been, I've been teaching here, who can be able in this day and time, to apply the clarity that I'm trusting you can gain from the Lord through prayer to your situation, 
to your family, to your future, to your career, to your business, to the decisions you have to make regarding what has happened now and how it impacts the next few years of your life. You and I need clarity. We can't just go by the fact that, oh, our lives are interrupted. It's a new normal and we just keep going. New normal. No, 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 no. This new normal has to be a new normal that we understand carefully by hearing from God and then beginning to act so that the new normal actually conforms to God's plans for your life. And it, becomes to be, it begins to be defined by what God has ordained for you and what he wants to do in your life. So let's go back. To the case of Daniel in chapter 9. So Daniel now receives from the Lord. And um, it is believed that he must have received this vision about 67 years after Nebuchadnezzar had actually freed, or in this case more or less deported, the first group of exiles to return to their homeland, including Daniel himself. It is believed that this was around the year 605 B.C. So Nebuchadnezzar destroyed the temple and destroyed Jerusalem. And we know from history that Jerusalem was destroyed around 586 BC. Now, the specific period of desolation in Daniel chapter 9, which we have read now, and verse number 2, refers to that 586 BC uh, period from about 586 B.C. to about 515 B.C. And um, since Daniel was receiving this at this time, he needed to be able to interpret this message to a level where with clarity it would apply to the people that he was with. Because these were desolations concerning Jerusalem and they come into view. Another critical piece in relation to understanding Daniel 9 has to be the fact that there was another word spoken by Jeremiah. And it's believed that Daniel may also have been aware of Isaiah. No, not Jeremiah, excuse me, Isaiah. Jeremiah, Daniel must have been aware of the, the words spoken by Isaiah the prophet where he said that God would raise up a king named Cyrus who would order the rebuilding of Jerusalem and the temple. You find that in Isaiah 44 and 45. When you go back there, there is a promise where God even says the former things will actually pass and you're not supposed to remember them and new things were going to come to pass in this case. But there, there is no mention of this aspect of what Isaiah uh, projected. There's no mention of that in the book of Daniel. However, because of what he's dealing with, it is very likely that Daniel must have seen some of um, uh, Isaiah's message. So Daniel now, with clarity from the Lord, begins to interpret the 70 years with some accuracy. People today talk about prophecy and they say that one is an accurate prophet, that one is an accurate prophet, and they all, all you hear about this accuracy, the death of that leader, the death of that one, this calamity, and so on. It's not always just about calamities. There are things that God promises that are not necessarily calamities that we can be able to understand. And Daniel saw, in this case, the end of that period of desolation and seeing the people going into a new era. And I want to call your attention to this in verse number two. He says, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet. And take note, he recognizes Jeremiah's words, not just as his words, but that they were the, word, they were the words of the Lord. It was the word of the Lord coming to Jeremiah, the prophet, concerning Jerusalem. And specifically in reference to 
70 years. Daniel's understanding here is indicative of what we refer to as a literal and a literal fulfillment of, of the numbers because the 70 years is being seen as being fulfilled here, literary being fulfilled. The numbers of those prophetic moments indicated. And we need to understand that in the same way. And I want you to notice two things that we must consider for applying clarity to our lives, which we see in the case of Daniel. Number one, we use the clarity that we gain through prayer. We use that clarity, number one, to obtain actionable spiritual intelligence. Number two, to sustain prophetic precision. Let me tackle these one after the other. The use of spiritual clarity through prayer to obtain what I consider to be actionable spiritual intelligence. You and I know, probably from reading, and I must say from watching movies and so on, you know how issues of intelligence are utilized. And for men, for the globe, probably the most, uh, the most gripping uh, event was the, the not so long ago testimony, uh, and testimony session for, for the U.S. where a number of government officials were appearing before uh, Congress and having to explain things that they were probably responsible for. And there was a lot of reference to uh, intelligence, information, and the fact that you know, this is something that people utilize sometimes, nations utilize sometimes to, 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 uh, to take some actions. But in the system, they talk about what is actionable. When they receive information, they assess it, they, uh, I, I believe, as we see in many circles, they vet it and subject it to a number of regal, uh, rigorous type of arrangements to make sure that there's veracity, that there's truth. Then, with that information, they act. And that's why we see sometimes um, nations having to make certain decisions, leaders making decisions. They are well informed because they have actionable information. And I'm saying to us as a church, if we know and we understand that we serve a God who is all-knowing, a God who is unlimited. He has wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. He desires to share those things with us. He desires to share insight with us. Insight regarding our times, our days, our families, our nations, and the future. Therefore, through prayer, as we gain clarity, I believe we can be able to get from God what I consider to be actionable spiritual intelligence so we can be able to act on what God gives to us. And this is what we see in the case of Daniel here. I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. It's accurate in terms of timing there. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition in fasting and in sackcloth. Now, even though Daniel understood that what he was seeing here is an actual fulfillment of the word of the Lord in prophecy. He does not pull himself away from prayer. The restoration was guaranteed because it was prophesied. And it was now soon coming to pass. But Daniel in verse number three still turns to prayer. He still sees prayer as necessary in what God had already prophesied and which was guaranteed in this case as a proper timed fulfillment 
of God's word. That means, beloved, the things that God has promised here, for sure, yes, will come to pass. What God has said about your life, my dear friend, will come to pass. Those things prophesied over you will come to pass. But even when it is guaranteed, God, that the things are coming to pass, God still desires us in humility. He desires that in humility we go before him and pray. Prayer is an indication of our total dependence on the Lord. And through prayer, I'm suggesting that we can be able to receive actionable spiritual intelligence. How possible is this? I'd like you to come with me into the New Testament. And we consider a passage that is fairly well known. Romans chapter number 8. In Romans 8. Bible says in verse number 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Oh, praise God. The Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. This is why we need clarity. We're now applying how we draw clarity in prayer and how it benefits us and how we can use it to advance God's kingdom and plan here on earth. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself, capital S, so that's the Holy Spirit, intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Now, how possible is this? Verse 27. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. So here is the spiritual positioning, my dear friends. The Holy Spirit almost acting in the way that, 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 that a, radar, a radar in the, 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 the normal plane here in life. Radars are used to be able to detect movement of, um, uh, of planes and many other objects in the atmosphere out there. And they're detected from far and they are traced and followed and so on. And the Holy Spirit is much more than that. He is person and he, he signals to us. He, according to the word of God, he understands the mind of God. And what a resource we have, my dear friends, that in this time, Times of crisis, we can go before the Lord and we can kneel before Him and He can give to us the ability to understand, to hear from God. And because God's Holy Spirit is resident inside your heart, because God's Holy Spirit is at work in the world today, you and I can hear from God. We can determine what God is saying right now, right now for us, right now for you and your family, right now for us as right now for you and your nation you can determine you don't have to wait for someone else to come and speak and there are these people always talking about other countries that country and that country and you don't even know what's happening in their own country well God does give words directly to a particular state and nation and even for your family you can trust God you can gain that actionable spiritual intelligence where God is beginning to share details with you and uh, you check them with the word and then you begin to act upon that. And I must tell you that this actionable spiritual intelligence is something that can be as specific as something applying to your family, to your business, to your career, to your future, to your marriage. In all these areas, God does speak very directly. And I have had moments in life where God shared detail. And here in Zambia, some of you are, are, are aware that in 2016, I remember the Lord visiting me in, a, in a, uh, waking me up. And, 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 and as I woke up that particular day on the 16th of December, 2014, God shared with me a vision. And this is, in my view, 
considered, can be considered actionable intelligence because he shared with me spiritual detail and took me into a day ahead without me understanding what was going on. At that time, in summary, I remember the Lord showing me the then vice president of the nation and me sitting with him directly and him wearing a white shirt and a yellow blue spotted tie and the tie that I remember because I have one exactly like that. And I was sitting there in a very, very vivid moment and I was given some words to, to say, you have given this matter your best uh, effort. But what remains for you now is to simply wait until you hand over power to someone else. And as I walk, this thing was so real. It was like I had just been sitting there with the then Vice President, Dr. Scott, and then I sensed the presence of God. I knelt down and prayed by the bedside and then went back to sleep. Got up early that morning. I was completing a chapter for my uh, PhD thesis at that time and sat in the office and worked for a while and even almost forgot about it. Later in the evening, when the news came and there was something related to what was happening in the nation, the Lord reminded me about that experience. And I realized at 21.30 that I needed to make a call to the then vice president and be able, because he was the acting president, so that I could be able to convey Long story short, and many of you have actually heard me narrate this. I called and sought an appointment. The appointment was granted for the next morning. I walked into the acting president's office, and as I got there, and he gave me where to sit, and he sat opposite me. Lo and behold, what do I see? White shirt, gray trousers, yellow, blue spotted tie, and shivers went all over me. Because I realized that I had seen that image. I'm talking about actionable spiritual intelligence where God visits his people and speaks to them and shows them things that must be done. And at that moment, I knew I was in a God moment. And I say to the acting president, narrating what I had seen, that this is what God had showed me. And I saw him exactly as he was. He narrated what was happening in the political party at that time, things which were in the ruling party but had impact on the nation. And to cut a long story further short, what happened is that from there, after he narrated, it was clear that we needed to act and move on. But while in there, at some point the phone rang. And as he was answering the phone, he came back and sat down. He said, Bishop, it has gotten worse. And he says, 14 cabinet members have revolted and they have announced that I must resign. And as he sat back in the chair, the vision God had showed me came back. And I said, sir, you are not resigning. So the words that the Lord had given me now made sense. I said, now the words God gave me make sense. Sir, according to the word the Lord gave me, you have given this thing your best shot. What remains for you now your best effort, that is. What remains for you now is to simply hang on until you hand over power to someone else. I said, sir, you will hand over power to someone else. The rest is history because on the 20th of January 2015, Zambia went to the polls and after all the results were in, Dr. Scott, who was the acting president, handed over power to President Lungu and all this happened peacefully. This is just one little thing, but a whole nation was at stake. And, but God gave action, what I consider to be actionable, spiritual intelligence, detail that related to a nation. Many of you may never have known, but in that action lay the reconciliation of two warring parties and the coming of peace to the nation to lead us to those elections then. And of course, the rest else is history. God is able and he speaks to his people. We can gain actionable spiritual intelligence to help ourselves even now. The second thing that clarity enables us to do and to gain is to sustain prophetic precision. Come with me back to Daniel chapter 9 and reading once again verse number 3. 
So I turned to prayer to the Lord God in prayer and pleaded with him in prayer and petition, in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. Fast forward, verse number 20 of Daniel chapter 9. While I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin, this is Daniel, and the sin of my people Israel, and making my request to the Lord, my God, for, the holy, for, for his holy hill, while I was still in prayer, while I was still in prayer, he says, Gabriel, the man I had seen in, in the earlier vision, that's precision, came to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. He instructed me and said to me, Daniel, I have now come to give you insight and understanding, clarity, praise God. May this be your moment, despite what COVID has done in its impact in your life, causing despair, causing pain, causing uncertainty, wondering where your next meal will come from, beginning to wonder how these nations will ever recover from this malaise, whatever the case is. I'm wanting us, beloved, to trust God and to know that there is insight, there is understanding reserved for this very hour. God is able. There is no way that we will go down without returning and getting up and knowing that God still has a plan for our nations. I want you, beloved, to believe that this is not the end of your family connection and to, to, to God and your family assignment in this life. God is with you. I want you to know that even if you've lost a job, God is in control. There is going to be life beyond COVID-19. And you and I must understand that God is on the throne. I am saying to you, there is clarity and there is clarity specifically for this moment. Insight and understanding. He says to give you insight and understanding. As soon as you began to pray, an answer was given. And I have come, he says, to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. Therefore, consider the message and understand the vision. Sustain Prophetic precision. Clarity helps you to sustain prophetic precision. The prophetic is not just all this stuff that people like to see, which is as if the prophetic is always um, uh, attached to disorder and stuff that's confusing and messy. Uh-uh. God is a God of order. And uh, the prophetic simply speaks about uh, proclaiming something in the now and also proclaiming something that could be implying, uh, projected into the future. Forthtelling, forthtelling the truth for now. And sometimes it involves foretelling the realities of the future. Dr. Gleason Etcher observes regarding this portion of scripture. Jeremiah, he says, had revealed that God would restore his people to their land when he prayed to him wholeheartedly. He also says, thus, revelation becomes prompted as we are dealing in prayer. Revelation prompted Daniel in this case to pray the prayer that follows. And you see that prayer in verse number four going onwards. And Dr. Gleason Archer further observes that Daniel's prayer fulfills what Solomon anticipated in his prayer at the dedication of the temple in 1 Kings chapter eight, verse 33 to 36. Prayer giving you the option and the opportunity for this level of clarity 
will always precisely fall into place following stuff that God has ordained in the past. Things that are actually prophesied over you, over your family, and over your nation. Destiny is what this is about. And I am here to proclaim to you that God is able. And regarding your praying, regarding your commitment, regarding the things that you desire, even now, during this COVID-19, God is at work. And I want you to begin to apply this level of clarity to your life on a daily basis. And clarity builds a foundation for confidence, which is what we have to handle in the next segment. But I want you to see some very serious issues here. As I conclude, the fact that Daniel is evidencing that part of this precision is confirmed by his understanding of the word as well. So prophecy goes hand in hand with the word of God, which is already God's prophecy to the nations. Biblical prophecy should bring us to our knees when it is fulfilled. True prophecy doesn't fill the heart and poem will allow people to just be puffed up as we see around. True prophecy humbles you and enables you to see that it is not you but God who is at work. And I want you to know that God's word will be fulfilled in your life during this very period. God honors prayer and he allows us to benefit from it as we gain clarity. And that clarity gives us an opportunity to receive spiritual intelligence. That clarity enables us to sustain prophetic precision so we can speak to nations, speak to leaders, speak to our families, speak into our economies, speak into our situations precisely and accurately and call God's people to a place of hearing his voice. And he has just come to meet with us. And since we are at this place of fulfilling God's prophecy, I take you back to the fact that Jeremiah prophesied. And this is what Daniel was now confirming. And in Jeremiah's prophecy, I know the plans. Jeremiah 29, which I have for you. Plans to give you a future and an expected end. This is your portion, beloved. And may it be that you will seek more clarity from God and through that clarity, you will be a blessing to someone else as you receive and sustain prophetic precision for this life. And as God grants you actionable spiritual intelligence which you can work with and fulfill his will. God bless you. Thank you for listening to his word. I know his spirit is descending upon your life now. But let's pause, receive ministry in song, and I'll be back to wrap up with prayer.
Your presence, let all nations behold the wonder of Your grace. Holy Spirit, work among us and blow over our land. Restoration, healing, pour Your love on us. Restoration, healing over our land. Restoration, healing, pour your love on us. Restoration, healing over so our land. Over your church, God. Over our continent. Dear friends, we cannot end this service without giving an opportunity to someone who may want to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. God loves you so much. He sees your pain. He understands the uncertainty that is in your life. But you can begin to have it attended to and answered as you first take the step to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. And if you want to do that right now, I will help you through the following prayer which I invite you to repeat after me. Say, dear Lord, thank you for your word which has come to me today. I've heard you speaking to me. Therefore, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I open the door of my heart and I invite you, Jesus, to come into my heart. Be my Savior and Lord and help me to live a holy life. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me of my sins. Help me now to live for you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. My dear friend, if you have prayed that prayer, then I ask you to now be able to access our website at www.northmidassembly.org or visit any of our social media platforms and somebody caring will give you a little further detail and help you to take the next few steps. And for the rest of you that probably have already received Jesus as Lord and Savior, and even if you haven't, but you have a need, I want to pray for you just now. Father, I ask that you will reach out to many out there. They've listened. They have put their heart towards faith. Place their heart towards faith. I ask that you reach out. That the things that are prophesied over their lives will now come to pass in Jesus' name. That the intimidations of the enemy will now disappear. 
I command that to be the case right now in Jesus' holy name. Cover your people. Remove the despair. Grant them hope. Take away the fear. Grant them faith instead. Take away the hopelessness. Grant them an ability, Lord, to hope in you. And for those loved ones whom they are concerned about who are so impacted at this time of COVID-19, reach out to them even in isolation words and locations. Let them experience the power of your care during this time. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Thank you, beloved. Thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Let's join together in the benediction. The Lord bless you, keep you, cover you, and protect you. And the redeemed of the Lord shall agree together by saying, surely goodness and mercy and wholeness, identity and destiny shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will feast at the table spread for me as I fix my eyes on Jesus, the Lamb of God, the author and finisher of our faith and our great high priest. In Jesus' name, amen. Shalom, shalom, beloved. We'll be together again at this time next week.